New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom. Cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, I said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who is taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one, it's a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Total Soccer Show. My name is Ryan Bailey and I'm pleased to say today's show features a titan of US soccer journalism, someone whose work you will have read and laughed along with for well over a decade and a truly celebrated member of the community. But that's enough about me. It's time to welcome my guest today. It's Brooks Peck. Brooks, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I mean, none of that applies to me. So yeah, congratulations, Ryan, on all your success. Thank you very much. It wasn't about you at all. I was just uh, <laughs> bluffing myself up there. But it's lovely to speak to you again. By the way, before we get into it, I should mention Taylor Rockwell, who is not around on the show today, is now a father. Congratulations to him. Hey, congrats, um, Taylor. I think, yeah, exactly. Congrats. And I think when he's recovered and he's had enough sleep, he'll be back on the show. Um, so seven or eight years, I'll give it. Something oh, like that. maybe 18 or 19, yeah. Yeah, we'll see about that. Anyway, congratulations to Taylor. Brooks, it's been a minute. How have you been? I'm pretty good. You know, uh, Ryan, we used to have these kinds of chats a lot more frequently than we have recently. So it's it's nice to be here. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. For those who don't know, Brooks Peck uh, currently works at The Athletic. We can get into your role a little bit more later on. But uh, maybe uh, made your name in US soccer with Dirty Tackle, the uh, blog that was on Yahoo and was independent before that. We can get into that story as well. That's kind of where we first met, wasn't it, Brooks? I was doing a, a more popular and better and funnier <laughs> blog uh, back in about 2007, 2008. That was called The Spoiler. And you were doing Dirty Tackle at the time. And we kind of just we kind of crossed paths then, I think. We did, actually. Actually, um, I think I sent you an email or other way around and we just started talking over email. And then in uh, in the fall of 2009, I was in London and we met up yeah. and we had a little gathering and then it all took off from there. It did indeed. It did indeed. And things went, uh, and I ended up coming to Dirty Tackle and worked with Yahoo and Dirty Tackle for many years. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and then we'd had something called the Dirty Tackle podcast we did for a while. And this is kind of a reunion of sorts, isn't it, Brooks? Well, I call it a two thirds reunion because we did have a third member of that podcast, um, a character called Theo Messi. Do you remember him? Vaguely. Um, I tried to forget him. He, he was a very shameful part of the Dirty Tackle history, but... Yeah, yeah. He, he did exist for a while. Yeah, People did seem to like him for some reason, but obviously he's not He's not here today. But we're going to crack on anyway, Brooks. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned whoa, for this whoa, show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that? Did you hear something? Is there someone else on the line? What is shameful about wild success? <laughs> is that Theo? Theo, is that you? It's me. It's good to be here. Wow, he lives. Oh my goodness, look who's joining us. Special guest Theo Messi, back from the... Band is back together. <laughs> <laughs> Theo, t- tell us where you've been all these years. What's been up? 
don't worry about that. Same as same as before, you know. Nothing for you to know. <laughs> Still in hiding. <laughs> Nothing particular. Just hanging out. Oh, it's good to hear. It's still good to hear that you're as adequately prepared for podcast recording <laughs> as you always have been. Wonderful. Anyway, for those who don't know, yeah, this this kind of was a dirty tackle podcast setup. We were effectively hijacking the Total Soccer Show feed for the day. I do apologize for those people who are not familiar of what we're doing here. But dirty, can you give a give a sort of um, a, a flavor of what a dirty tackle is, Brooks? Well, it, it began as as just a blog, as uh, you know, one of many that existed back in the late two thousands, late aughts, early early two thousand tens. And uh, my cousin and I started this this soccer blog, and the idea was to make it kind of uh, a little bit more humorous than than most of the ones we saw at the time. So we did, you know, we did bits as as different players. Uh, Dimitar Berbatov was a was a popular one early on. Um, Artur Borutz, um, so some some not the most well known players of the time, but just funny characters that we uh, gravitated gravitated towards, and um, and made characters out of them. And then you know we had the more traditional kind of snarky blog posts as well. But it uh, it took off, and uh, Yahoo bought it in in early 2010, and we spent five years with Yahoo, and then back independent and then joined uh Haller magazine and it kind of all went from there. But, um, but yeah, so we had the podcast in there too at some point and it was fun. And you did some very good work, Brooks. You did some very influential work. You had, uh, as you say, sort of these character uh, pieces that you would do and, or oh, sorry, the ca- they weren't characters. They were totally real. They were written. Very, car, actually, very right real. Yeah. I should make that very clear. Yes. But, um, you had outlets so, like international outlets picking up stories that you'd written tongue in cheek and taking them uh, as, as real, right? It happened more. It shocked me how often it happened. Um, so, you know, we, we did kind of parody news stories too, uh, totally made up and uh, other outlets, both, both uh, English speaking outlets and, and non would pick them up and, treat them as real news. I mean, maybe it was our association with Yahoo that lended some credibility to what we were doing, even though if you read what we were doing, it should have had no credibility whatsoever. Um, uh, one example of that was, I think it was during Euro 2012. Um, I did a story about how after Portugal was eliminated, uh, Ronaldo missed the team playing home because he was, uh, buying a Cinnabon at the airport and, and missed the flight. <laughs> totally. Um, really I thought, yeah. I thought that was, you know, so absurd that no one would ever take that for real, but Ronaldo I was very wrong. Know what a Cinnabon is probably. Well, yeah. So it got translated to many different pastries <laughs> around the world <laughs> in there, whatever their local. None of which uh, he has experience with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it became so big. Like Russia Today did a did a story about it. Um, we can play the clip. I still have the clip. We can play it. Um, but it became such a big thing that the Portuguese Football Federation had to issue a statement saying, no, Ronaldo did not miss the team plane for a Cinnabon. <laughs> I remember it had some pretty ridiculous lines in it. Didn't it say something like the pilot was a strip club DJ or something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I tried to put some signposts throughout the story that this was this was not real but you know as as we now know people uh will believe anything they read on the on the internet 
<laughs> that is very true. And uh, on that note, The Athletic, Brooks, <laughs> uh, of which we're very much a part. Um, what kind of work are you doing there now? Uh, actually, very different. <laughs> no more Ronaldo Cinnabon stories, sadly. But um, yeah, I mean, we're we're doing a bit of everything. So I'm one of the editors on the U.S. soccer side, uh, myself and Alex Abnos. And, um, you know, anyone who's who's a subscriber will, will know the breadth of, of our work. We cover MLS and NWSL and the national teams and and everything beyond uh, the everything beyond being Pablo Maurer's uh, <laughs> specialty, as we might yeah. discuss a little bit later. But um, yes, I mean, we just do a lot of different things. Is it true that um, Theo Messi is actually a nom de plume of Pablo Maurer? Is that true? Um, Pablo, I don't know if Pablo and Theo have ever met. I, I think they would get along very well. But it would probably be very dangerous if they were together in the same room. So we try to keep them apart. Yeah, can confirm. Never met, never met the guy, but I hold immense respect for him across my keyboard. <laughs> yeah, whatever you say, Pablo, whatever you say. Anyway, Brooks, why should we? Uh, you're preaching to the converted here on The Athletic, obviously. But for those who don't subscribe, why should they? I mean, we... we offer everything. <laughs> and when I mean everything, I mean everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. Um, in addition to our soccer coverage in the US, we have a huge, amazing UK operation that covers the game all across Europe and beyond with some huge, huge name writers over there. Um, and you know, we have all the American sports as well. So if you're any kind of sports fan, I don't know how you can follow any sport without subscribing to The Athletic. Very good pitch. I like it. I'm sold. I'm going to buy a second subscription. Just Please in case do, Ryan. Please do, yeah. I love it. Okay, uh, well, we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Um, we're thinking of doing some reviving some Dirty Tackle-esque features. Uh, if you'll indulge me, Brooks, I would like to look at some Dirty Tackles of the Week. Did you have something you wanted to bring to the table for that, Brooks? You know, Ryan, I, I always have a Dirty Tackle of the Week, whether I'm being <laughs> recorded or not. So, yeah, I am always prepared for that. What you got for me? You want me to begin? Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I figure it's been a while since we've done this. Um, so I, I figure I should I should go big. Um, so I'm going after Mr. Roy Keane. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not pulling any punches here. Um, you know, Roy Keane has been itching for a dirty tackle for a very long time, I think. And it's about time someone delivers it to him. Uh, the reason I am targeting him this week is because... He has he has expressed an affection for Mason Mount. Now, I'm a Chelsea supporter. I am very fond of Mason Mount myself. I, I don't Mason fault him Mount. for that. But just the idea of, of Roy Keane liking anything is is just ridiculous to me. I mean, Roy Keane is famous for not liking anything at all. So the fact that he would break character in this way and express, uh, you know, affection for anything is, is absurd. So. He, he said of, of Mason Mount, uh, he scores goals, he's got an assist, he can, he can see the pass. I like everything about him. Apparently there's criticism on social media. I don't follow social media, thank God, but I really like the look of this kid. So first of all, I'm dirty tackling him for, for liking anything. <laughs> Secondly, I'm dirty tackling him for making no sense whatsoever. If you, if you don't follow social media, how do you know he has critic, critics on social media? Roy, <laughs> this makes no sense. I mean, that is clearly, a very good dirty tackle. Clearly, he's losing it in his old age, and and uh, he need he needs some uh, 
I don't tackle the seven straight, I think. Well, you better hope that he doesn't listen to podcasts as well as not following social media. Made that comment, Brooks. But uh, it is true. He doesn't like anything. I think there's only there's, there's three things he does like. Labradors, maiming Erlen Haaland's father, and Mason Mount now. Apparently. Just those three, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, actually, he said some nice things about Billy Gilmore. So maybe he just, is he a closet Chelsea fan? Maybe. But the, the fact that he would like a club uh, is is incredible too. So, Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I've got I've got a dirty tackle I'd like to bring to the table as well. Um, I'm going to bring it back to sort of uh, 90s, early 2000s players as well. Jolene Lescott is getting my dirty tackle here. Jolene Lescott came in the news this week, Brooks, because he didn't know he'd signed for a club. So that's the headline. On the <laughs> I mean, who Jody among Lescott. us ha- has never accidentally signed for a professional football club, Brian? Exactly. Yeah. He, without signing for a club accidentally, may cast the first stone. Uh, the headline <laughs> on the BBC, Jody Lescott didn't know he'd signed for Racing Mercia, a Spanish club. Uh, former England defender Jody Lescott said he didn't know he had joined Racing Mercia after the Spanish fourth tier team announced his signing. They said he was going to play in a Copa del Rey first round tie, which is taking place on December 16th. They put a big message on their website saying this. They put a big message on social media. So Roy Keane didn't see that. Um, the president, Maurice Agnello and Racing Mercia said, Racing Mercia are happy to announce the signing of English star Jodian Lescott, who will play in our Copa del Rey fixture against Levante. So that's all gone out there. It's all official. And then Jodian Lescott comes on BBC Radio 5 Live and says, I didn't know I'd signed. I had a conversation. It appears I'm coming out of retirement and I'll be participating in one game. That would be it. So, you know, simple. I, 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 get, I get Brooks. I get that he can be confused about whether he'd signed for a club or not. Paperwork's hard. It's hard to keep track of that and, and conversations that you've had and handshakes and agreements that you've made. But Lescott doing things deliberately by accident, I think, is a thing. <laughs> because you're, you know what I'm getting to here. It's I, not I that accidentally signing for a club it's that he this harks back to the pocket tweet he did this is back in (laughs) the 2015-16 season picture the scene he's playing for Aston Villa they've just lost 6-0 at home to Liverpool Uh, Villa are bottom of the league they would eventually be relegated with just 17 points and 76 goals conceded so um, straight after the game Jody Lescott tweets a picture of a Mercedes AMG S63 coupe a sports car valued at around $160,000 and his excuse for doing so was that he pocket tweeted accidentally his phone um, (laughs) took on a life of its own and tweeted for him and I think I've figured out... He's getting a dirty tackle for this because it's ridiculous. But I, I think him. I've figured out what's happened here. He pocket signed a contract, didn't he? There was a contract in his pocket next to his phone. Or maybe the phone <laughs> signed a contract the for phone, him. Yeah, D- digital signing. Yeah, that, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, Theo, have you ever signed a contract accidentally? No, no one's ever offered me a contract of any kind. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Including us. <laughs> uh, but, but Ryan, I, I kind of think that part of that dirty tackle should go towards his agent too, don't you? I mean, how, how do you have a client accidentally sign a contract and, uh, and let that happen? Yeah, that's interesting. I think he's going to have to have words with his representation if indeed he has any. Maybe his uh, agent is also made up and in his pocket as well. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Wait, what was the name Siri of the company? Mur- I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Racing Mercia, I think. Well, you said they're fourth the division, yeah? Fourth division. Thing. Yeah. I mean, they just strong arm the guy. It was a really big play. 2020 just announced you've signed somebody. They can't do anything about it. <laughs> oh, maybe that was it. They're like, which 39-year-old former defender can we 
yeah. into it's like, it's like what can we really get away with here uh Julian Lescott probably all right run that <laughs> they pitched it they pitched it at the right level I think I like that well I'm gonna do the opposite of a dirty tackle to Racing Mercia in that case then well played yeah, to them, them. Well, along those lines, maybe we should make a signing for for TSS. Let, let's say, uh, you know, uh, how about Freddie Adu? Freddie Adu is signing with with TSS, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna join the podcast. I was gonna aim for like Ira Glass. Let's just try and get like Freddie is signed to Grant Wall. You you can't have him. Well, we're 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 stealing we're stealing him away. He's 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 ours now. Oh, it's a trade. <laughs> yeah. It's a, okay. I got it. Uh, we're going to trade a, a, a empty vacuum cleaner it. box for Freddie Adu to Grant Wall <laughs> alright well we've got some more dirty tackle <laughs> stories which we can uh, get to very shortly why don't we actually there's a, there's a, there's a very dirty tackle story on the athletic right now uh, from the aforementioned Pablo Mora who may or may not be Theo Messi we haven't established that um, Brooks Imagine. why don't you introduce us to the world of Soccer Slam, and that's soccer spelled S-O-C-K-E-R for no particular reason. Soccer oh, Slam! There were oh, a lot of things... Yeah, that was great, Theo. There were a lot of things done in Soccer Slam for no particular reason. Um, that was kind of their calling card for their brief existence. That's why I said um, Soccer Slam! <laughs> exactly. So, uh, the, the origin of this story, because Soccer Slam is very, very obscure... Um, if anyone had heard about it before reading, reading this article, I would be very impressed. But uh, one of the people who was aware of it was my fellow editor, Alex Abnos. Um, as a impressionable youth, he happened to catch a late night airing of Soccer Slam, which was only aired, I think, three or four times back in the early 2000s on mm. like some obscure Fox network. And he happened to catch it and it made an impression on him. And so earlier this year, he mentioned to Pablo, who has an affinity for these kinds of stories. Um, hey, I saw this. Yes, thing. I do. <laughs> Theo, you're you're betraying your your anonymity here. Oh, my be. Um, so he told Pablo, and Pablo was like, "This sounds amazing." So he dug into it. We found some some videos of it online, and Pablo tracked down everyone involved in this bizarre little uh, attempt to Americanize soccer in the year 2000. Um, and the result is is what you read in The Athletic. Yeah, it's a really incredible story. For those who don't know Pablo Mora's work, it is quite incredible. So well done, Theo, Pablo. Uh, that was very good. Thank uh, you, it's, it's, it's the depth of research that I think is amazing with Pablo's work. And he got, he got as you say, he spoke to everyone involved in this story, right down to like All the stuntman. <laughs> it was upwards of seven people there's like the stuntmen who were used in the show who were sort of very bit part players but even got their word on it and it uh it was it was soccer on cocaine is how they described it sort of modeled on the wwf slash wwe it kind of reminded me brooks of do you know the netflix show glow it kind of had that vibe yeah. to it yeah it, it had a very um roller derby vibe to it but i mean it it, it was these guys in i think iowa and their attempt to uh join their admiration for the WWE with their passion for soccer and create a uniquely American take on, on the global game. But, uh, I mean, it had brown cards for guys farting on the referee. It had love whoa, triangles. Whoa, 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 whoa. With... No, 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 no. You're going too fast. <laughs> Farting again? Th th there was uh, a brown card issued for, for a player who ate too many beans and farted on the referee. 
What, how do you know what his dietary intake was? <laughs> this is all part of the show. I mean, they, they really leaned into the WWE like storylines and and all of that aspect of it. So yeah, there were love triangles. There was all this stuff. It, but yeah, I mean, you should know because yeah, you that, that's it. wild. That is absolutely wild. Yeah. And it was, it was uh, as you say, like an American uh, attempt to, to Americanize the global game. It was played, as you say, bizarrely. Was it Iowa? Is it Des Moines? I, I believe it? it was Iowa, yeah. But they, uh, had, they had teams from, supposedly from like Miami and California, different parts of the country, but they were all made up of people in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they played it on an ice that. hockey rink, like on turf laid on ice hockey, on, on the ice, which would have been painful, I imagine, for the kind of stunts they were doing. They were <laughs> fighting and throwing themselves around. They were using full-size, like, 11 versus 11 goals to try and have more goals. They had targets in the corners of the goals, which had, like, multipliers. So if you hit, like, top bins or the upper 90 or whatever, you'd get extra goals and they had a slam <laughs> ball in the last two minutes of each half and if you hit that ball uh, into the net it was worth double uh I, I just can't understand why this game didn't take off instead of mls frankly <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's kind of amazing that it didn't do good ratings and was quickly uh canned by by fox but it, it was a remarkable attempt you have to admire the what was put into it and What's extra amazing is that the stuntmen that you mentioned, Ryan, they went on to have like amazing careers in Hollywood. Like every Hollywood action movie of the last 20 years, these guys have been integral parts of. So Soccer Slam did produce some stars, it turned out. Yeah. Also, on that note, Brooks, if you look at Pablo's article at the bottom, I think he gives links to Vimeo so you can actually watch all the episodes of the show. And an eagle-eyed commenter on The Athletic pointed out that in the first episode, I think it's five or six minutes in, uh, there's a a commercial for chewing gum and Aaron Paul is in it (laughs) and he's like 18 or something. And that was really... It was weird to see how advertisements work back then because it's, <laughs> it's an obscene concept if you see this uh, chewing gum advertisement. Have you, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen it? I, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, and, uh, and just to have him there, that, that's, uh, that's, worth, uh, that's worth the entrance fee alone. So definitely go check out um, the, the article on Soccer, soccer Slam. Did you, did you find out why it's got a K in it, Soccer? Is it because they wore socks? To Americanize it. It, it was just their way to, to differentiate. I mean, this was a time when people were putting extra X's and let it like trying to be edgy. And, and that so was it's like today, it sounds like soccer slam was just wildly ahead of its time, to be honest. It really was. It really if was. You brought it back in 2021. Like I'm pretty sure it would pop off. Yeah. Well, actually Theo, the, t- the four teams were called New York bruisers, LA surf, Toronto loons, and Miami storm. If it was today, they'd be New York FC, LAFC. <laughs> Honestly, I would let both of you soccer slam me through a brick wall. If we could just take the impact back. <laughs> Yeah, poor poor Montreal Impact losing their their identity. Soccer uh, yeah. Slam, whoever made that decision into a brick wall, please. <laughs> okay, well, all right, thank you, Pat Theo. Well. Theo with a dirty tackle of the week, uh, a, a bit late. Thank you, Theo. That's how dirty tackles are supposed to be done, yeah, right? So at random, he's, uh, he's yeah. Perfectly there. Let's let's move it on, guys. Um, there was an article which Brooks brought to our attention here. Uh, Manchester United have suffered and I think are currently suffering a cyber attack, which is causing major disruption to their website. And apparently their email systems still aren't working at Manchester United at the moment. So how is Paul Pogba going to find out he's not playing in the team if his email's (laughs) down? That's what I want to know. I mean, Ryan, I I am thoroughly convinced that this entire attack was the result of 
the so-called hackers figuring out that uh, Ed Woodward's email password is more sponsors, more sponsors 17. <laughs> I thought it was just Ed Woodward, no spaces. <laughs> no, no one would type Wood that many times. They'd never guess it. Yeah. It, um, yeah. It's 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 um I I actually went to the website to see what was going on to see if it had been affected by this cyber attack and it has so I when you log on to manunited.com it asked me if I would accept cookies I said yes but I've not seen any Oreos or anything arrive so far oh, so Ryan. that's clearly broken if you go to the bottom speaking of sponsors <laughs> there's I counted there's only 22 sponsors at the bottom of the page so there's about wow. 100 missing yeah um. The official tomato juice, the diesel engine partner, the official <laughs> garden hose. None of those are there. Um, and so I did a bit more exploring on the manunited.com pages as well. They have a legends page where it's got Ryan Giggs and George Best and uh, Roy Keane. But I don't think he goes on the internet or social media, so he won't know about that. Um, uh, but there was there was no page for Bebe. There was no page for Jordi Cruyff. I think that page was being attacked as well. It's 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 really a devastating attack on the club. Um, I, I don't know how they're getting through this this period, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awful. All, all our best to Man United for for enduring this. Theo, have you got any thoughts on cyber attacks? Was this you? Is this what you've been doing the past few years? Absolutely not. I have way better things to do. <laughs> I think it's a shame that Ed Woodward can't send out batch emails to to agents to try and sign players anymore. <laughs> all right guys thank you very much for uh, re recreating dirty tackle uh so far we're going to take a very quick break so i want to talk to you about our sponsors of today's show new game day shirt boom cash back food for the tailgate boom cash back even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card and yes i said debit card with Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who is taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one, it's a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Thank you very much to Artifact for sponsoring today's show. Artifact is a custom podcast company they'll make a podcast just for you and it comes to you from our friend george Qureshi. artifact sets you up with one of their professional interviewers might be george to capture stories about the important people or things in your life think of artifact as an on-demand podcast on demand on-demand podcast studio you can focus on anything you want for instance you can use artifact to interview people uh, you interview your parents you can uh, interview your grandparents you can track down theo messi if you like and see if you can get him to admit these pablo mora on your artifact podcast Cast. We first introduced Artifact as a sponsor this past summer, but since then, some other people have also noticed and what they're doing. The Wirecutter from New York Times being one of those who's noticed what they're doing, giving them the award of the best gift for family bonding for 2020. How does Artifact work? Let me tell you. You go to heyartifact.com, H-E-Y-A-R-T-I-F-A-C-T.com. You tell them a few basic things about you, what you want your custom podcast to be about. You answer some pre-interview questions, schedule your interview. That'll take about 30 minutes. And there you go. From there, Artifact's professional editors and sound engineers take care of the edit and the final product will come through to you. 
heyartifact.com slash TSS is what you want to see if you want to take, uh, take a listen to a sample on heyartifact.com slash Daryl. There's a couple of samples there. You can listen to the kind of product that Artifact will produce. And if you would like to save $40 on your first Artifact, you go to heyartifact.com, use the code TSS40, TSS40, heyartifact.com to save $40. Thank you very much to Artifact for sponsoring today's show. And now, two pigeons be Owning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Today's show is sponsored by Credible. Credible Credible.com is an online marketplace that allows borrowers with student loan debt to see refinancing rates across a variety of lenders. If you've got student loan debt, you could benefit from Credible. There are lots of benefits to refinancing your student loans. With a lower rate, you could save on interest or lower your monthly payment, which means more money in your pocket. You can get debt-free faster. You can consolidate all your student loan bills in one place, and that gives you serious peace of mind. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their financial lives have been after refinancing. Some benefits of Credible to using Credible to refinance your student loans are that you see actual pre-qualified rates from multiple lenders. Whereas with some online marketplaces, you'll get ranges of rates or ballpark estimates. And it only takes a couple of minutes to check rates and checking rates doesn't impact your credit. They'll never sell your data, so you won't receive spam and phone calls from dozens of lenders. Please visit Credible.com slash TSS. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E.com slash TSS. And when you refinance your student loans via Credible, they'll give you a $200 gift card. Fill in a few pieces of info, info to check what rates you are eligible for. You can only get this offer through our show's URL. So again, that is Credible.com slash TSS. Finance your student loans and start saving. Message from Credible Operations, Inc. Not available in all states. Terms and conditions of Visit Credible.com slash TSS for details. Thank you very much to Credible for sponsoring today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Shopify, who would like to remind you that not everyone can be Erling Holland or Harry Kane. I would say only Erling Holland and Harry Kane can be Erling Holland and Harry Kane. But more to the point, not everyone can score the number of goals that those two score. Not everyone can set the goal scoring record. Sometimes you've got to be the teammates. Sometimes you've got to be the assists uh, person. You've got to be Kieran Trippier or Kevin DeBarna. You've got to spread the ball around. You've got to help facilitate that attacking play and those goals to help get the results you want. Because you need that perfect teammate. And when you need a perfect teammate when it comes to growing your business, Shopify has you covered. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. That feels like a good stage to be at. Shopify is there to help you grow along the way. How do they do that? Well, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. You can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So you don't have somebody kind of following you around the online store just saying, can I help you, can I help you, can I help you? Nobody needs that in real life or online, but Shopify's AI gets the job done. And that is a very unique 
aspect of Shopify that no matter how big your business is, and that's something I really appreciate, you can be a, a podcast just starting up, a podcast that's been here for a while, or a business that actually makes money. Either way, uh, Shopify is going to help you because that's what they are all about. Sign up for just $1 per month uh, trial period at shopify.com slash TSS, all lowercase. Uh, one more time, go to shopify.com slash TSS now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash TSS. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Gentlemen, let's get back to dirty tackling, shall we? Why don't we move to a very popular dirty tackle subject, Zlatan. What do you got for me, Brooks? Well, actually, Ryan, can we go back to, to Artifact for one second? Because I have another, another dirty tackle for, for George, who stopped working with me at The Athletic to go start Artifact. So, it, you know, it must be good if, if he decided to, to move on from me and The Athletic to, to go start this company. So... Uh, so, so George, good luck with that. But, um, yes. Hang on. Did he move on? So we didn't have to work with you anymore. Is that what it was? Uh, he didn't say it in so many words, but that's what I gathered. So I'm still a little, yeah. little bit bitter about that, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> hey, artifact.com, go check it out. And Zlatan, meanwhile, he's a bit annoyed with EA Sports and FIFA, is he not? He is. And, you know, he's, he's raised these questions and, and Gareth Bale is with him in, in this fight, but the, the two of them have raised these questions about uh, the use of their, their likeness in, in video games, particularly FIFA. Um, and they, they want a cut of some money because they feel like uh, EA Sports is using their likeness to profit and they're not getting the money from that, even though it was licensed through FIFA Pro, who represents players. Um, and my question is just to both Zlatan and Gareth Bale, where have you been? This, this is nothing new. This has been going on for years. You guys have been around for years. Why Why now? So my, my potential answer to that, I'm not super into the FIFA video games. Brooks, do you know if Zlatan has ever been on the cover? Well, and you might be onto something there, Ryan, because I don't believe he has been. Well, is that why we're getting to this point? That's my question. I think Gareth so, Bale yeah. has been, though. Yeah, and... I think that he works quite closely with EA, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, so Zlatan's putting uh, putting some fires under EA Sports here. The tweet, he said, who gave FIFA EA Sport permission to use my name and face? FIFA Pro, question mark? I'm not aware to be a member of FIFA Pro. And if I am, I was put there without any real knowledge <laughs> through some weird maneuver. Interesting. Is this a, a, sure... a Julian Lescott pocket uh, joining a FIFA Pro on Zlatan's <laughs> behalf? Maybe Julian Luska was was the broker who did it. He, he did. Was the one who got into the FIFA game. I think we're getting somewhere with this. So it's it's a bit of an odd story because, um, as an article on Forbes.com notes, that negotiating rights of every player at an individual level isn't really viable for EA Sports to get every soccer player professional in the world to agree to have their face in this game, and they they play uh, they spend hundreds of million of dollars in licensing. They they get those licenses from leagues and from 
which includes club and player rights. So that kind of answers the question. They already have the right to license their images by virtue of them playing in those major leagues. Uh, but my favorite, my favorite part of this story, Brooks, is there is a, a reply on the tweet that's uh, it's from Swanee Red, who says, uh, "You've got fifty-two pace, mate. No one's using you anyway." <laughs> oh, that 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 cuts deep for Zlatan. He will not stand <laughs> and, yeah. for that type of betrayal. That's yeah, that's pretty rough. So interesting that Zlatan is uh, uh, targeting EA Sports at this stage when he's thirty-nine years old. Uh, a bit of an odd one. It's it's odd that he can he can score amazing goals at his age. He can beat COVID, but he can't actually figure out why uh, EA Sports had the rights to use his image and have done for nearly three decades. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just a case of he he knows the end is near. Although maybe not the way he's playing. He's been playing great this season. He's trying to get, you know, as many final paydays as he can, but this is this is a tough one. Do you think he's gunning to be on the front cover of like FIFA twenty nine or something? I mean, the the way he's going, he probably could be. He's he's been playing he great. His peak in twenty twenty nine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, let's move on to another um, a blast from the past. Oh, not, not really, a blast from the current. Thierry Henry, very much still involved with things. Um, Thierry Henry is in the news because he is going to be starring and producing a new TV show uh, with entourage creator Doug Ellen and Matthew Vaughan, who I think did the Kingsman movies and has done a he bunch did. of other yeah. movies. He did, yeah. Layer Cake, actually. my favorite Matthew Vaughan film. That's your favorite Matthew Vaughan film? Interesting. It is, yes. Yeah, it's a good film. Um so what, what can you tell us about this one, Brooks? Thierry Henry is going to bring his dazzling personality to a, to a, to a movie or a TV series? <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like this will be a TV series. It sounds like this will be like just the UK equivalent to Entourage. I mean, down to the involvement of Doug Allen. But uh, it's, it's, I don't know why we really need this since Entourage exists. And I don't know really how they're going to differentiate besides different accents and it being soccer instead of the the film industry, but um, it's yeah, it's going to happen, and we'll have Thierry Henry uh, doing cameos apparently. Yeah, according to the Hollywood Hollywood Reporter, um, the, the quote here with an entourage style premise. Day one, it's called Day One. Day ones, sorry, day ones plural, interesting. Day ones will focus on a young footballer called Desmond Kin and his crew as they navigate his growing stature and struggles. What I can't figure out is why they didn't, you know, why did they go day ones? They could have gone entourage, but oh, the French don't have a word for entourage. Henri, never mind. Um, so, so what I'm I'm trying to think of is what what plot lines are they going to have? Is it just going to be straight up entourage lifts? Like if Vinny can't do the movie, is it going to be like why Desmond can't play the game? Is that gonna <laughs> exactly. Just be every, every every episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm really curious to see who who plays the the turtle character in <laughs> in this new one. Um, I imagine that wouldn't be Thierry's role. <laughs> but well, actually, uh, I've just. I've just seen a headline on the BBC. Jodine Lescott quote, I've signed up for a TV show and I had no idea I did. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Ryan. The, the way this is going for, for, for Julian, his, uh, his phone is just wreaking havoc on his whole entire professional life. Um, oh, He's got to keep himself in Mercedes sports cars somehow, I guess. Well, or pictures of them at least. <laughs> So there was an interesting quote here in this piece on The Hollywood Reporter, Brooks, uh, from Thierry Henry, the man himself. Entourage was one of my favorite TV shows. And when Doug invited me to be on the set to film my brief cameo appearance in the movie, 
I never thought I would get to be a part of bringing a new TV show to life. Pump the brakes here. Was Thierry Henry in the entourage? He was, movie? yes, very briefly. There were so many cameos in that movie that it's easy to forget all of them, or easy to, to forget all of them. But uh, yeah, he, he was definitely in there. How, how did they get him and Mark Wahlberg to be in that? That's incredible. I mean, I'm sure Wahlberg heard Henri uh, was in it, and that's, that's what got him to, to appear, even though you oh, know the boy. whole thing was based on his life. But yeah. All right, fun stuff. I can't wait to see Thierry Henry in uh, day ones on whatever streaming service I have to pay for next to see <laughs> that. Um, what should we go to next? I know, Brooks. I've got, a, I've got a little game we can play. Uh, do you remember back in the day on the Dirty Tackle podcast, we used to do the news game? I do, because if I do say so myself, I think I was undefeated in that, in that game. Oh, that, that doesn't speak well to the news game and the fact that I made up the rules and the questions. But, uh, but the premise of this uh, news game is I read out three headlines and only one of them is true. Would you like to play? And I think I, I would ask Theo to play, but it looks like he's, he's gone because uh, yeah, he that's pretty it. typical. <laughs> Very typical of Theo to have uh, to, uh, pieced out early. But uh, we'll play regardless. Um, first set of headlines for you, Brooks. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Jose Mourinho did a 300-pound leg press at the Spurs training ground and split his pants while doing it. That's number one. <laughs> number two. Jose Mourinho lost a 500-pound bet to Sergio Reguillon, but he paid him in ham. <laughs> is it, is this all Mourinho stories? These three are all Mourinho. Okay. Only one of them is true. Number three. Jose Mourinho accidentally drove his car into Tongi Undumbele's at the training ground three months ago and waited until last week to tell him he gave him Harry Bow candy to say sorry. So Which only of one of them is true? is true. Only one. Only one of them is true. So did he do a leg press and split his pants? Did he bet Sergio <laughs> Reguillon and lost but paid him in ham? Or did he crash his car into Undombele's uh, and not tell him about it for three months and give him Harry Bow as means of an apology? As a Jose Mourinho aficionado myself, I, I can mm -hmm. say the ham story is the one that's true. Jambon, vraiment. Well done, Brooks. Uh, yeah, this is a true story. Uh, apparently, Jose Mourinho this past weekend lost a 500-pound bet to, uh, to his fullback, and he paid him, rather than in you know traditional cash sterling that they would use in the UK, in a giant ham, which I think is <laughs> maybe the currency of Spain, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want a giant ham? I, I, I can definitely go for one myself right now, so I, I don't blame him for doing that. <laughs> It's a bit of a, a bit of a weird thing to do though, because it is like there's there's a picture of Reguillon and uh, Mourinho, but it's, this is on Jose Mourinho's Instagram, by the way, which I think it doesn't deserve to be free. He should charge a subscription it's, for it's it. It's really good. Jose Mourinho yeah. on Instagram, he is un, unrivaled. He is a meme account. He's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, I I probably didn't need to make up two other stories. I probably could have had three ridiculous um, real ones from his account. Um, but there's a picture of him and Reguillon with this giant leg of ham doesn't feel terribly covid friendly to be sharing a giant piece of ham in the training ground that's that's true and, but I, I, this does really confuse me because he lost this bet he didn't pay up in money which I, maybe money doesn't mean much to these guys but what was the bet this came what? very shortly after the man city victory did Jose Mourinho bet that Tottenham would lose to man city and Reguillon bet that they did, and he won. <laughs> no, we, we can't accuse Jose of any impropriety in that regard. But I think the reason for the ham, if I'm not mistaken, 
is that Reguillon had been talking up to his teammates this fabulous ham from from back home, from where he is, where he's from. And uh, Mourinho said, okay, if you win this bet, whatever it was, I will buy you one of those hams and we'll have it uh, in the dressing room to, uh, to share. Mm. So I, I believe that was the origin of, of, of the hams involvement there. But uh, I don't know exactly what they were betting. Interesting. I wonder if the bet actually took place before the Man City game. And maybe Harry Kane ate most of the ham, and that's why he was invisible in that game. <laughs> it's it, it could be. It, it's very possible. Um, but just to be clear, we, we we don't want to make any accusations against Mourinho or Spurs or even Harry Kane. Uh, we don't want to get TSS sued on our our one <laughs> foray onto their airwaves. So no accusations, Ryan. Come on. No accusations at all. And we're much like, l- less likely to be litigious now that Theo Messi is off the line. So don't worry <laughs> about that. Yeah, they, they, they stopped listening once he left. Yeah. Yeah, but to every listener who doesn't um, follow Jose Mourinho on Instagram, please uh, rectify that immediately. He is one of the best followers on their wonderful stuff. I've got one more for you, Brooks. Would you like to hear Let's another go. one? Yeah. Let's keep up my undefeated streak. Oh, boy. I, I need to get better at this. Okay. Qu- uh, headline slash story number one. Shakhtar Donetsk striker Dentinho missed the flight back from Mönchengladbach last week in the Champions League and had to take the 1,100-mile, 20-hour journey back from back to Kiev in a rental car. He got two speeding tickets in Poland. <laughs> That's Number very two. specific. It's very specific. Porto's Diogo Costa missed the Champions League 0-0 draw with Manchester City last week because he told his club his wife was about to go into labour. But it turns out she's only 15 weeks pregnant and is not going to give birth for several months. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Club Bruges striker Emmanuel Denis missed a Champions League game against Borussia Dortmund last week because he refused to get on the team bus because he couldn't sit in his favourite seat. Which one of those Champions League team <laughs> stories is true? Oh, I, I want them all to be true, but I believe it's Emmanuel Denis. Darn it, bro. It's almost his... as if we're looking at the same media sources every day. <laughs> hey, I mean, this is, this is why we are the way we are, Ryan. <laughs> I guess so. Yes, you got it once again. Unfortunately, uh, Dentinho did not miss his flight back from Gladback. He did not take a rental car and get speeding tickets. Neither did Porto's Diego Costa uh, miss the game. He was actually on the bench for that game. And his wife, I have no idea if she's pregnant or not. I made that up. But <laughs> Club Brew striker Emmanuel Denis did indeed miss a Champions League game and he's made his club irate with him because he refused or he got he refused to actually get on the team bus because he wasn't allowed to sit in his favorite seat and we know that soccer players are a very superstitious bunch but i think he's taken it a bit too far so he got dropped um he got dropped for 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 a game for the game obviously uh, club who's lost that game he's also um being he's going to face a 100,000 euro fine for wow. missing the game on the basis of uh, not sitting in his favorite seat on the bus but let's think about it this way he's got a 100 grand fine the team lost 3-0 he was right it was very unlucky not to sit in that seat <laughs> well i mean ryan you just know that he's probably been making a big deal about this seat for months if not if not longer and you know one of his teammates or a member of the staff sat on that sat in that seat on purpose just to annoy him and and he decided to stick to his guns and this is where where it ended up but that had to have been a joke that just <laughs> no one wanted to rely on it's such an odd thing. I know, as I say, 
soccer players, we know they're superstitious. We know that, that there are certain things, you know, certain players, when they come out of the tunnel, they put their shirt. Was it Paul Lintz? And there's a few others who used to only put their shirt on at a certain time. We know that, like, superstition is a big, big thing in soccer and, and curses and all this kind of stuff. But actually, physically missing a game in a different country a because commitment. you won't get on yeah. a bus. That's commitment that's to your That's quite seat. something. It really is. That's commitment to your own zaniness, I would say. <laughs> I mean, if maybe he didn't know that the $100,000 fine was on the table. But if he did, why not just pay whoever was in your seat twenty grand to get the seat and then just move on with, the, with your day? But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it could have it yeah, it could have been down a lot less cash if he'd exactly. have done that. Maybe even saved uh saved his team against Borussia Dortmund. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> anyway, a bit of a bit of a, a blotch in the copybook there from Anio Denis. Oh dear, oh dear. Brooks, I'm gonna take a quick break now to talk about uh, a sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Manscaped, uh they have plenty of products I'd like to talk about, not least the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts on those uh spherical shapes down there. And I ain't talking about your FIFA regulation size fives. Also the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer which can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. Oh boy. This product also has proprietary <laughs> skin safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. What's more, there is the performance package which Manscaped offer, which includes the Crop Preserver TM. It's deodorant for your gentleman's lunchbox down there, which protects you against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver ball toner will help keep your boys fresh at all times maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is no worries the crop mop ball wipes are there for you as well had enough of these products brooks i got another one for you if you've got smelly feet manscape can help you with their foot duster that's foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet out there and if you want to smell good everywhere good I've got a product for you. The refined cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scented design for uh, it's clean and fresh scented and designed for the refined gentleman. Brooks, plenty of products on offer at Manscaped. I can speak for the the, uh, the lawnmower trimmer, which uh, is an excellent product which I have in my possession. I haven't used the ball toner yet, but I'll get around <laughs> to it. But if there are any uh, any uh, listeners out there who want to make some savings at Manscaped.com, I've got a method to do that. Use the code TSS20 at Manscaped.com. That's TSS20 at Manscaped.com. And you can save 20% on your order and free shipping. So if you want to use and get any of those products, the Weed Whacker, the Lawn Mower, the Crop Preserver, deodorant for your gentleman's area, and uh, and plenty of other things beside that, I recommend you take a look at the site. Is In all seriousness, plenty of really good men's uh, to toiletry products on there. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code TSS20. Thank you very much indeed to Manscaped for sponsoring today's show. Onwards, Brooks. Let's talk maybe about a couple of pieces on the athletic. Uh, I know you uh, brought a couple of pieces to the table you wanted to talk about. Uh, firstly, um, uh, it's the, the, the article about um, the, the Ghana team um, of the 2010 World Cup, right? Yeah, so I actually wrote this one myself. Um, I have not been doing as much writing as I would like this year because we're so busy with everything else. But um, so uh, a, a couple of guys, uh, Ryan, you might know them, uh, the Magic Spongers guys. They had a blog back uh, in our heyday. Um, mm -hmm. And they came to me and they said they were putting together this book uh, about football is nearly men. So teams that, that were very good, people uh, loved, but they came up short of winning the, the ultimate silverware and, and the ultimate glory. 
Um, so they, they, they threw out a bunch of examples. And the one I gravitated towards was this, this 2010 World Cup team of Ghana's. Um, American fans are obviously very familiar with, with Ghana's World Cup teams in recent years since the U.S. Mm-hmm. has played against them, I think, in three World Cups in a row now. Um, and then they, they both missed out on the 2018 World Cup at the same time. So they've been following kind of a eerily similar trajectory. Um, but yeah, so I, I wrote this, this big kind of in-depth piece on, on that team and, and, you know, how they, they assembled, uh, assembled that team and got so good so quickly after making their first ever World Cup appearance in 2006. And then how it all crumbled at the hands of Luis Suarez and, and, uh, and fell apart after that. Yeah, fascinating story. Obviously, yeah, the the big uh, the big denouement of that story at 2010 was Suarez and that handball. One of two fairly uh, incidental things that Luis Suarez has done at World Cups. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I talked to uh, Jonathan Mensa, who now plays for the Columbus Crew, uh, over the summer for for this piece, and you know, I was kind of wary about talking about Luis Suarez with him. I wasn't sure if there were still hard feelings. I wasn't sure if. You know, everyone had just moved on from from that experience 10 years later now. But uh, yeah, definitely still some hard feelings there. <laughs> yeah, I would bet so. I bet so. And uh, this is this was a team led by Asamoah Gyan, who I've just Googled. He's he's only 35 still. I thought he was 35 in 2010. This is amazing. He's, he's been going forever. I mean, he's he, he was called up to the Ghana team very, very young. So he's, he has a ton of experience with the national team. And I, I kind of documented, documented it in the piece. But he's had a ton of pressure on him since day one uh, from from his his country and and you know it, it's it, he's had kind of a tough go of it since that World Cup, um, which again is is in the piece. Uh, he, he says how he still watches that that missed penalty uh, over again all these years later, um, which which is kind of incredible. But yeah, it, it's 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 it was a really interesting interesting story. I learned a lot about that team as I was researching it um for example did you know that the day before you know france famously had their their uh revolts during that world cup the players refused to train and it's kind of all fell apart for them but the day before that happened at france's training uh ghana almost had their own revolt um after they played australia in the group stage they played them to a 1-1 draw even though australia played a lot of the match a man down and afterwards in the locker room, uh, Sully Mutari was not pleased with the performance. He thought they obviously should have beaten this 10-man Australia side. And he made his feelings known. And it got so bad that the coach said, Sully, you're gone. You're, you're off the team. Leave now. And yeah. all of Mutari's teammates rallied around him and uh, said, look, if he's gone, we're gone too. So they had this standoff and the coach relented and they played on and had this great run in the knockout stage that was only derailed by, by Suarez and, and a, a missed penalty. But um, it was a, a really incredible story. So if, if you have vague recollections of, of that team and, and Ghana's team through the years, I, I really recommend checking it out. Yeah, do check it out. It's on The Athletic, an essay called The Lasting Pain and Pride of Ghana's 2010 World Cup Run by Brooks Peck. It looks like this essay is taken from a book called The Jaws of Victory, A History of Football's Nearly Men. So you're published in this book as well then, huh, Mr. Fancy Pants? Uh, yes. So the, the full piece is on The Athletic, but for 
for that and and many many more great stories of of teams throughout soccer history that that were great but came up short of that ultimate glory um by some amazing writers uh which i don't know why i'm in that mix but um they have (laughs) nikki bandini in there daniel stories a lot of my favorites um so it's really cool to be in that collection yeah, I'm going to have to check this book out. The front cover of the book is uh, a graphic of uh, the Euro 96 England-Germany semi-final of Paul Gascoigne very nearly sliding the ball into the net in extra time of that game, which obviously went to penalties, uh, which obviously Gareth Southgate missed his penalty and Germany went through and won the tournament in London. How fun that was for people watching. <laughs> um, so I will definitely have to check that book out. The lasting pain and pride of Ghana's 2010 World Cup run is the uh, Brooks's contribution, which you can read on The Athletic. I imagine it's cheaper to subscribe to the athletic than buy the book that's my two cents on that one <laughs> do but both you, obviously you'll get you, you should do both because yeah. then you can see the broad range of essays within that book i thoroughly recommend you do so there's one other piece uh, you wanted to draw attention to brooks this is another great one this is uh to, to, pertaining to magnus carlson the world chess champion who's also quite nifty at fantasy football yes uh, to be clear i could have this, this was very difficult to narrow down just to two pieces to talk about because We've done a ton of incredible work about a ton of just way different different stuff all over the site. So so definitely check out the athletic uh, soccer coverage if you haven't recently. Um, there's just an incredible array of stuff. So so do that. But this piece in particular I loved because uh, Jack Lang wrote this, um, and he's a great great writer. And he, I had no idea that world chess champion Magnus Carlsen is an obsessive fantasy premier league player did you know that ryan yeah i'd heard an inklings of this story before because i think there was a point where he was the number one player in all of fantasy premier league he was. It was i think it was a, a maybe just for a week or something i remember that making the news but the expansion of this story with jack lang on athletic here is pretty fascinating well i just love the origins of it because you know you think of this he's, he's a young guy but but you think of this world chess champion as being very serious very you know, dedicated to his craft of chess and, and, you know, just fully committed to that world. But it turns out the reason he got into fantasy Premier League is because him and his friends were big fans of the league, that, yeah. the, the FX TV show about a fantasy NFL. <laughs> and so uh, him and his friends felt that American football was extremely uninteresting in his words. So they played the Premier League version and he got intensely into it. Um, and is now very, very good at it. But That was the detail, Brooks, that absolutely blew my mind, that it wasn't yeah. like watching the Premier League on NBC or whatever that got, got them into watching a, 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 to playing FPL. It was The League. The League, like yeah. a TV show on, on FX, which I used to love that show. Don't get show, me wrong. Yeah. That being the entry point for a world chess champion yeah. kind of blows my mind. And I'll, I'll read the full quote, which you touched on there. Uh, from from Jack here. Carlson started playing FPL after watching the league, a te- television series about a group of American friends who set up their own NFL fantasy league. Quote from Carlson, it is very important to them and they do all sorts of trash talking. <laughs> they have punishments for losers and so on. That really appealed to me and my friends. Interesting. <laughs> and since we found American football to be extremely uninteresting, we thought we'd play the Premier League version. <laughs> he gets in a nice old swipe at the gridiron there as well. That's a, that's a great uh, a, a great little quote there i just love that it wasn't like the statistical analysis or just being able to, to pour over this this sport that's beautiful and wonderful and everything it was the trash talking and punishment for losers that appealed him to the fantasy game 
<laughs> it is interesting though when you, when you talk about the numbers thing it reminds me um years ago i went with uh uh a popular company that rhymes with schmaft drinks uh <laughs> I that well enough uh, to a baseball tournament they were holding in a fantasy baseball tournament they were holding in las vegas um and i was talk i was sort of interviewing some of the players in this players in inverted quotes uh and a couple of them I spoke to and they said, I was like, so how, you know, are you a big baseball fan? How, how much baseball do you have to watch to be able to compete for this? This is a tournament where the top prize was a million dollars. And wow. like there was second prize was half a million, blah, blah, blah. There was big money involved in this. And I was like, yeah, so, you know, you, you must be baseball fanatics, right? And they're like, the, the guy who won it eventually, he's like, no, I, I, I don't ever watch baseball. I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's just, it's just numbers. You just have to know the numbers. And it sort of blew my mind a little bit. And then I think, in many ways, perhaps for Carlson, it's the same kind of thing. It's a statistical analysis. It's numbers. Maybe he doesn't even need to watch the game week in, week out. Maybe he can just watch the league and think that's funny and then look at some numbers. And Ryan, it's very funny that you mentioned fantasy baseball because I actually, before Dirty Tackle, I was a fantasy baseball writer. Um, And for eight years, I wrote about fantasy baseball. And the reason I stopped is because I realized I was just looking at numbers more than I was watching actual games. And (laughs) <laughs> and I figured that was no way to enjoy the sport. So I, I moved on. That reminds me of the Simpsons episode where Homer gets sober and he goes to watch a baseball game and he's sitting there and he just says, I never realized how boring this game actually is. <laughs> no one's ever going to say that watching the Premier League when they're watching Burnley Sheffield United. Anyway, are they? <laughs> so let's, uh, let's, uh, th- that's a very good article as well. I recommend you take a look at that. That's Jack Lang's article called Living in a Fantasy World on theathletic.com. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Just about ready to wrap up, Brooks, but we did have a few listener questions come in. Would you like to field some questions? I've got a couple for you. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Gibran Chavez-Gudino asks, what are you wearing? Well, the reason this question was asked, because this was a, uh, uh, a fixture of our Dirty Tackle podcast. We would always ask each other what we're wearing, since we would always wear different jerseys and kits and, you know, you name it. And uh, so that's why it's being asked. But, but I'll tell you what I'm not wearing. I'm not wearing the new, the current Chelsea away or third kit. You know, as I mentioned, I am a Chelsea supporter, but the... I find both of these kits very offensive. Um, so this is the Crystal Palace colored one, yes, striped one. Yes. And what's the other one? The Man City blue one. Oh, yeah. Which it's very lovely, but it's Man City blue. Why is Chelsea wearing Man City blue? I, I will not get over this all season. Yeah. Um, and they'll probably wear it at, at the Etihad and City will wear away colors, such yeah. as the Premier League. But what I am wearing is my old Dirty Tackle t-shirt. We had these made up a while back. Um, Ryan, do you still have yours? I do. It's it's framed in my in my living room. As it should be. Good. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> uh, La Force One, great handle. How is Artaborok's idiot neighbor Dan Wachowski doing? You might need to explain that one too, Brooks. Yeah. So one of the bits we did on on the on the blog um, was Artur Boric's Friday Rage List, where in all caps, Artur would would write out everything making him angry that week. Um, it was done as like a, a little recap of, of the week's stories and uh, in a kind of personalized way. And he would, he would cap off every rage list by calling out his idiot neighbor, Dan Wykowski, who is always 
annoying him with his two goober kids that Artur couldn't stand, but also deeply loved. And um, as a little update about them, uh, you know, Dan hit some hard times. So the Wykowski clan moved in with Artur and, and they are all under the same roof now. Artur is very both displeased and comforted by this. Um, and the, the latest uh, annoyance that Dan is causing Artur is um, he keeps putting his toothbrush in the same cup next to the sink, even though there is a separate cup for Dan's. And Artur doesn't like the toothbrushes touching for obvious germ-related reasons. And mm. Dan keeps doing this. But, but don't worry, Artur has already bought all of the Wykowski family's Christmas gifts. And uh, so there, there's no hard feelings there. I'm very relieved that this narrative continues. Thank you very much okay. for that. Um, Laugh Force One's Twitter handle is the Duffman85, and his picture is Duffman, which uh, is brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Uh, <laughs> the Duffman is thrusting in the uh, direction of the question. <laughs> the question here is at from at superhero Deuce from David. Uh, what is your favorite howler you've ever witnessed? Uh, well, are we talking about? Goalkeeper mistakes? Or are we talking about the fabulous Howler magazine of which I was a part of for for a number of years? Why don't we say both? Both. Um, <laughs> well, if anyone's familiar, I mean, with... your favorite Howler you would ever witness, I imagine, will be the one which I had the most writing in. I I think that's probably the answer there, right? Uh, uh, sure, we can we can say that for for now. Yeah. Um, if we're talking goalkeepers, I think it would have to be Rob Green in the World Cup. Um, that's just an all timer that stands out for any. What year. was that? I remember that. What was that? Uh, yeah, Ryan, you, you might have, have missed that one. Um, in the World Cup, I think I believe it was 2010, uh, Rob Green totally bumbled a Clint Dempsey shot and delighted the entire nation of the United States. And, 2010? Uh, yeah. Weird. Were, were you? That. Yeah, you might have been on vacation during that World Cup. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing something else that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was thinking the, the classic for me, Brooks, is always. Do you remember? This is a very old reference, but Tim Flowers, I think it was Liverpool Blackburn, and Tim Flowers was in goal for Blackburn, and he crouched down to sort of just pick up a very easy back pass, but it bobbled over him and just went completely over his shoulder. <laughs> yes. like no fault of his own. Yeah. He was ready to collect a very weak pass. <laughs> and then just the look on his face as he looked over his shoulder and went, oh, that just bounced over me completely. <laughs> that's, that's an all-timer too. But I, I, think, I think Rob Green. You should, you should look that one up, Ryan. You should, you should check that out. Rob, spell Green, G-R-E... G-R-E-E-N. Uh, but to be right. clear, this is, this is no disrespect towards Rob Green, who... Uh, later went on to become Chelsea's Europa League hero a few years back. Uh, huge performance in that tournament to help lift the trophy. Uh, was it Rob Green who ended himself on the sign in the goalmouth that said, do not go on the field? What was that? Do you remember that? There was a goalkeeper. I think it was Rob Green. It was like a backup goalkeeper who there was a sign that says, like, do not go on the field like during the warm-up. Yeah. And he injured himself like landing on it. I'm sure that was him. I vaguely remember that. Up. Was it Rob Green? I, I honestly can't remember if that was him. But he we'll have to, uh, he redeemed we'll himself in the Europa League, so so no worries there. <laughs> Final question for you, Brooks, and I thank you so much for your time today. I know you're a very busy man. This one from Soccer Talk Lads Podcast at STL Podcast. I looked it up. It's for the new St. Louis MLS team. Soccer Talk Lads. I like it. Uh, their question, what is Brooks' all-time favorite piece from the OG Dirty Tackle blog? That's a, that's a great question. Um, so one that I did not write, that I deeply enjoyed, always made me giggle a lot, was 
Landon Donovan's Adventures of Epic Proportion. That's bro portion, <laughs> B-R-O, um, because in, in in this universe, Landon was uh, had a very particular dialect of <laughs> Southern California isms that that we maintained, um, and it, it was just always hilarious. If if you uh, have the inclination, look those up. I think there's still a few uh, available somewhere, um, um, but they were good fun. And the uh... The illustration for those for those articles, Brooks, was a picture of Landon Donovan drinking from the fountain, the very famous one. And to bring it full circle, uh, Pablo Mora slash Theo Messi wrote yeah. an article recently for The Athletic where he went to, is it in North Carolina? They went and tracked down that fountain, in, tracked down the photo shoot from which it was taken. Yes, Pablo did a great, great deep dive into that entire photo shoot, but that, that shot in particular, since that, you know, it took on a life of its own, uh, and he went down to Cary, North Carolina, where this water fountain was, and he left a plaque, a bronze plaque on the water fountain to commemorate its place in U.S. soccer history. And I believe the plaque is still there. I believe it's still there. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Well, please go visit that plaque and please visit that article on The Athletic because the rest of the pictures from that photo shoot, which I wasn't familiar with, Brooks, they're quite... They're quite interesting. I would they say. are. And the photographer who, who took them is a very interesting guy, too. Had some amazing quotes in that piece. So, so definitely check that out. Ryan, I, this has been uh, hugely self-serving, this entire show. It feels like I'm plugging everything I've ever done. Uh, I'm not used to this, this type of uh, attention here. I'm sorry to, to, to cast the light on you, Brooks, but you thoroughly deserve it. You've done some wonderful stuff for this uh, U.S. soccer community. I appreciate you, and I know uh, most of our listeners do. They might appreciate you less after this. Who knows? It's pretty shambolic. <laughs> I would. I would that. if I was them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all the same, Brooks, I really thank you for your time today, uh, and I, I encourage everybody to check out The Athletic and to check out Brooks's work. And go back and look at Dirty Tackle as well. It was a lot of fun. It was a time, wasn't it? It was. And, you know, maybe this is the start of, of a rebirth, Ryan. Maybe we should... We should use this as impetus to to get the podcast going again. TSTS Total Soccer Tackle Show. Oh, I feel a I feel a Flintstones, Flintstones Jetsons hybrid coming in. Here, <laughs> All right, thank you so much for your time, Brooks. I'll speak to you soon. I appreciate you. Till next time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 